So Bob, emails, read. What do you say? Yup. Anonymous upper tier, anonymous annual patron says, I have disorganized attachment and complex PTSD. It is very hard for me to feel safe in the context of a relationship, and that makes therapy a challenge. During the pandemic, I have been dropped by six therapists, some after a few months and some after a couple of sessions. When I listen to your podcast, I get the sense that therapy can be a space to bring up anything that is happening for you. In the past, I would go to therapy and just talk about whatever was going on in my life, but it didn't really help me much. Now I'm trying to be more authentic and communicate what I'm feeling when I'm feeling scared of the therapist, but it seems to really upset my therapists when I do that. My most recent therapist dropped me just a couple days ago. My therapist said that I clearly that clearly I wasn't satisfied with him and that I should look elsewhere. There's not a lot of elsewhere to look. I have a limited budget and therapists are pretty booked up here. Are there better ways to phrase something than when X, Y, and Z happens, I feel scared? I think that one of my core issues is that my upbringing taught me that my feelings and needs were problems. These therapists' rejections are painful along those lines. Each time I get dropped, it becomes more and more difficult to connect with the new one. And I totally get that countertransference might be a, at play here. Maybe the therapist is just feeling some of the terror that I'm feeling and then reacting to it. Are there ways I can help the therapist feel safer, perhaps, and have a more long-term relationship with a therapist? Bob, what do you think? Well, we don't have... It's, it's hard to say with any kind of um, certainty. So... Um, we don't know. Um, I, I don't have any, I don't know what you're saying to the therapist that's leading them to um, drop you. Um, you have awareness that it's hard for you to be close or hard for you to feel, you said hard for you to feel safe when you're getting closer, when you're close with another human. Yeah. Makes sense. And um, that's certainly a thing that needs to be talked about. Um, I, I don't know what to say. I just, I feel like there's not a whole lot of information here to, you know, offer much. I don't, I, maybe they're picking, just getting bad luck and getting bad therapists. Maybe that's the case, or maybe there's something in their behavior that's um, somehow having this, you know, lousy impact on therapists. Um, it's hard to get data. I mean, you could ask the therapist, but it's probably not going to learn too much if, if you say, well, how come you dropped me? Um, so I don't really know what to tell you. I don't really like saying this to you. I want you to get what you need to get. You don't like saying what to them? That I don't know what to say. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's hard to know what's happening. Um, but to review what you're saying here is you have dis disorganized attachment, complex PTSD, you might be on the borderline spectrum. I don't know, but some. But clearly, you're aware of the fact that you were traumatized relationally growing up, and therefore are desperate and deserving of a secure relationship. And looking for it in therapy is a good way to go because it's more controlled and it's more likely to be safe. Uh, you know, hopefully. Yeah. And you're more likely to be triggered and to be hostile or standoffish or something with your therapists. That's just part of the gig. And so 
we're learning that. And you say that you've been dropped by six therapists during the pandemic. So in the span of a year and a half, two years, you've been dropped by six therapists, which Hmm. is, I'll say, particular. And you're saying that you want a long-term relationship where you can start to have a corrective experience. And you're trying to figure out, you're saying, are there better ways to phrase something when something happens and I feel scared such that I don't cause a problem with the therapist so that they fire me? You know, you say that, uh, let's see, my more recent therapist dropped me a couple of days ago. My therapist said I clearly wasn't satisfied with him and I should look elsewhere. So I don't know, uh, patron, but I'm guessing based on that and based on six therapists dropping you that you're getting triggered and you are being more hostile than you realize, or you're being more hostile than or scary or accusatory or something, something's happening. Now, what I'll say is that for me and my supervisees, I stand on the principle of people come to therapy because they have problems. And sometimes it manifests in this very predictable way. You know, people with complex PTSD, people on the borderline spectrum, people with disorganized attachment are, you know, a percentage of them are prone to becoming irrationally hostile with therapists. It's been well-documented going back to the early 20th century. It's nothing new, you know? It's not like discovering how to um, uh, make a carbon nanotube fiber that will allow us to have a space elevator. You know, this isn't cutting-edge cutting technology. <laughs> this is stuff that we've known about since the beginning of our field. So the fact, you know, the fact that you have a condition that we've known about for over a hundred years and are presenting with the very typical behavior and provoking a very common countertransferential experience should not be foreign to any of these therapists. And they should actually push past it and offer you help and get their own therapy and their own supervision and their own place inside their mind that allows them to withstand. I mean, I've had disorganized uh, attached complex PTSD borderline clients absolutely verbally abuse me in my in the middle of session. It happens. It's happened throughout my career. I have specialized in personality disorders. I willingly accepted that as part of my job description. And I and it's it's not easy. I'm not saying it's a walk in the park. It hurts. It scares me. My heart will start to thump, and I start to question if this is what I want to do with my life. But in the end, once I calm down, I say, yes, this is it, because these people need help. And this is why I got in this profession and I see it for what it is. And if I don't do it, I don't think a lot of other therapists are going to do it. So um, I don't know if that's what's happening for you. I can't know, as Bob was saying, there's no way to know. Yeah. There's another possibility that you're ther- you just had really bad luck with six therapists and they're all terrible or just completely ignorant to uh, what therapy involves with a vast, you know, with a lot of people or something. If we talk to those therapists, they'd say like, well, actually she fired me or they Mm -hmm. fired me. I didn't, I wouldn't have characterized that as me firing them. They just never scheduled. Yeah. Who knows what we would, here, because yeah. to hear you say that you were dropped by fired by six therapists in the span of a year and a half, that's particular. 
I mean, that's an interesting stat. That's not something you hear all the time. Kudos to you for continuing with the try. Yeah. So the thing that I would say is the next therapist you have is, or that you shop around for is tell them this story, show them this email and say, I have been fired from the last six therapists and I'm looking for someone that will actually stick with it a little longer. And maybe I'm doing something as a client. I don't know, but I, I'm looking for someone that has an approach that accounts for what might be happening in session. Because if someone said that to me, I would say, oh my God, you have found the right therapist. I know exactly what you're talking about, I think. And I know exactly what to do with you. <laughs> I have the five-year roadmap already planned based on what you just asked in one sentence. I know exactly what I'm getting into and I know exactly how to respond. And I will tell you that unless you fire, and I've said this, you know, because borderline clients, disorganized attached clients, one of the conditions, uh, one of the elements of the condition is this paranoia that you're always going to get rejected. And I would have borderline clients that would say throughout every session, they would, once they got comfortable enough with me, they would say like, oh, you're going to fire me soon, right? Like you, you don't like me. You, 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 you're looking for any way to get out of this, right? And, and I, you know, I just knew that came with the gig because they were treated that way. And so I learned to be extremely explicit with these clients and say, I am never moving out of Seattle. I'm always going to live in Seattle. So I'm, and I'm never going to close my practice until, you know, you're going to have to pry me out of this seat and I'm never going to fire you. I'll either die or you will fire me. That's, that's how this ends. Or graduate. Or graduate. But I won't initiate graduation. You will initiate grad. I, I don't even initiate graduation because that, especially with borderline individuals, that threatens them. You know, to, to, for me anyway, in my style, uh, if I say, hey, sounds like you're ready to graduate. For them, unless we're really at a point where they can withstand that, and I think they can, that's a, that implies I don't want to work with them anymore. And, and so I learned a long time ago uh, that with certain kinds of clients, uh, you know, disorganized, attached, borderline clients, I explicitly tell them, unless I die or something very strange happens and I uh, switch careers or something, like I lose my license, which I just can't imagine having, you will have to fire me. I will not ever, 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 ever fire you unless you punch me in the face or burn my house down or, you know, you'd have to do something criminal to me to get rid of you. Like there would, but I will net, no matter what you say, no matter what happens, I'm never going to fire you. You can depend on me. I am dedicated and I need you to, to hear that from me so that you can, when you go to that dark place and you think, no, 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 he's going to fire me. He does not like me. He is going to get rid of me just like everyone else. You will have that sentence in your mind that I did. I said, in no uncertain terms that I will not do that to you. You cannot hurt my feelings to an extent that I will fire you. You cannot be boring. You cannot be, I don't know, whatever descriptor, an adjective you can put to it. I will never fire you because of that. And so you got to find the right therapist that'll say that because <laughs> that person gets it. And not every therapist wants to do that work. And a lot of therapists don't even understand it. So uh, is that going too far, Bob? What I do? No, I don't think it's going too far, though. 
the one thing that does stand out to me is just because you're not going to fire somebody doesn't mean that you're not going to talk about your experience of them. You're not going to be this like, you know, endless font of um, acceptance and empathy. Um, if somebody steps on your toes, it's wise to say, ouch, that doesn't mean you got to break up with them, stop seeing them. But um, ouch is an appropriate response when your toes are hurting. Yeah. And to the complex PTSD individual, they care that they would hurt us. Yeah. But what they are terrified of is that if they hurt us, we will reject them. Yeah. And that's what causes all the problems. And that's where the meat of the matter is. Right. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, that's what I would do. Anonymous annual patron. I was, I would, I would, Stop around for a therapist that responds at least in the direction that I said, you know, someone that really specializes in it because there's going to be a lot of therapists that literally have no idea what they're doing when it comes to this kind of thing. They have no education along these lines. They have no experience, no supervision, no support. And there are pockets in our industry that say, look, if the client doesn't work on the skills that you put out there, then screw them, fire them. You know, they're not ready to they're not ready to change and, and you're just wasting time and money by working with that person. And, and there's no caveat to that. There's no asterisks to that. There's no understanding of personality. There's no understanding of disorganized attachment. There's no understanding of schema. There's no understanding of counter-transference or transference. It's just like, I'm here to tell you how it is. And if you don't like it, get out of my office. And it's, it's just a ridiculous state of affairs. The other thing you say is, you know, that you totally get the counter-transference might be a play and that maybe the therapist is just feeling some of the terror that you're feeling and then reacting to it. That's very astute of you, patron, and very much likely. And the way that that gets injected into them is through your behavior in all likelihood is that you're actually doing things that are legit making them feel that terror. And so it's not like they're just magically picking up on your inner feeling, like you're subtly socializing your therapist potentially to feel that way. And uh, now, as I said, that's not your job <laughs> to deal with. It's the therapist's job to deal with. You're, so you should be in a place where you can just be yourself in all of its glory. And it's up to the therapist to say, oh, I'm starting to feel terror. Why is that? Oh, I'm probably reacting to my client's terror on the inside. You know, you don't have to worry about that. It's just not your job to be concerned with. Um, and then, you know, your final question, are there ways I can help the therapist feel safer? Like I said, you know, that just breaks my heart that you are in a position trying to make therapists be therapists. Again, I don't know, maybe you're a complete jerk face and you're just like abusive and terrible as a human being. <laughs> and that's why those six therapists left you. Um, I suspect not, honestly. Uh, uh, are there things that other therapists would maybe point to? Oh, well, you know, they said this and that. And I'd be like, oh, okay, well, that's what... Because I... Yeah. Something I experienced, I think I've talked about this before. Every supervisee I've ever worked with, if I've worked with them for long enough, will have a client like this. And then they come to me and they always say the same things. They'll say, I have a client who doesn't want to work in therapy, or I have a client who just refuses to listen to what I'm saying. You know, they'll be, the therapist will be very frustrated with a particular client. And after 
assessing the scenario, I will recognize, oh, you have a disorganized, attached, borderline client and someone with complex PTSD, someone with a lot of relational traumas, a lot of schemas thereof. And I'll say, okay, supervisee, now is the time when you become a real therapist. Because prior to this, you were training and you were setting yourself up to, for this moment. This is where everything comes into focus. All of your therapy, all of your counter-transference work, all the theory, all the personality classes, all the technique, it all comes to this client. And you can go through this crucible and come out the other end as a good therapist or a shitty therapist. And it all depends on you, your choices that you make. And if you make a choice that this client is the problem and you're not, and you cover up your own shame and your own reactivity with, and your own inadequacies with that client is a problem and I refuse to work with people like that, you will emerge as a shitty ass therapist. Or you can go through the crucible and learn, and I will be with you every step of the way. And, you, and it's not going to be easy. But I assume that when you decided to become a therapist, you did not say, oh, this is going to be a walk in the park. You knew that it had some challenge to it. You knew that there was going to be some, some of your own challenges. Your own personality is going to get tweaked a little bit. I assume that you are up for that. And if you're not, then go ahead and take the road to be a shitty therapist. I will not flunk you. I will not chastise you, but I will not respect you. And I won't refer people to you, but you'll graduate and you'll be a therapist and everything will go fine. And I won't talk shit about you. This is confidential. It's me and you. But if you want to become, and you want to start going down a road to become one of the best healers on the planet, then I will show you the way, but you got to do the work. And I'm just going to be a, I'm going to, I'm going to be in the stands. You'll be on the field. I'm just going to be screaming from the stands. If you're going to be down there, like in the mud, doing the work, what do you want to do? And they're just like, Oh my God, that sounds scary. And I'm like, yeah, it's awful. <laughs> this is, but if you do, if you rinse and repeat this over the next five years, over all the client, you know, the periodic clients you get like this, you will emerge with some wisdom and some confidence and some understanding. And you will feel like you are actually making a difference in this planet for those clients and those humans who have been mistreated their whole life and they, and they found an oasis that, you know, anyone can teach skills any, and, and sure learn the skills and, and learn how to teach that and do the things, you know, help people with their communication. It's all good work, but a lot of people can do that. Only some, the, the elites in our field can do the work I'm telling you that you are presented with an opportunity to learn right now. And I've seen mixed results, to be honest. I've seen therapists emerge on the other side of that. In my opinion, a good therapist with the foundation to set them up to work with other people who have these kinds of issues. And they go on to do a lot of healing. I've seen therapists and we've had explicit conversations supervisees will say, I don't want to do this. I can't. It's too much. I don't want to. I, and then I say, okay, you're going to have to screen these people out. <laughs> you're going to have to identify these people prior to engagement. And it's going to be elaborate because it's hard to detect these people because people don't uh, uh, present on your intake form as having disorganized attachment. They say they, they're depressed or their relationship isn't going well or they're experiencing grief. That's what they say. Or they're, they, they're in a couple. They have relationship problems. They're not going to say, by the way, I have a personality disorder because 
vast majority don't even understand that. So um, you're going to have to screen them out. It's not going to be easy, but you can do that. And so there's, if they're working with me, there's a way out of that ethically. I, I, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm disappointed. And I feel it's kind of my fault on some level because that's my job as a mentor and a supervisor is to actually help the therapist and thereby their clients. But, but I did not try. I did try, you know. Um, am I extreme in this way, Bob? No, sounds about right. I mean, it sounds like just what you do. I, I don't know what else to say. Try not to be a shitty therapist. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you remember when you first went through that crucible? Because I oh. do. You remember when I went through it? No, I remember when I went through it. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if there's one moment that stands out. There have been, um, you know, experiences along the way. But do you I remember say- like particular clients that you learned the nature of this kind of work? Yeah. I, one comes to mind. Let's see if I can think of another one. Yep. Another one. Yep. At yep. What year of your career was it? Uh, first three, five years. Yeah. 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 For me, it was year one, year mm-hmm. two, maybe. It was at my first, I, I had an internship and then I was hired at the internship and she was a client I had right from the beginning and learned through experience without really much help from the outside as far as I remember. Because my supervisee, although she was a good supervisor and I consider her to be in the top, you know, three supervisors I've had and out of the 20-ish there are uh, supervisors I've had. Um, she wasn't super knowledgeable about this sort of stuff. And I, I don't remember who, if anyone was helping me someone hmm. must have been helping me. Hmm. I mean, I'm sure she was helpful, but if I was to take a guess, I think I just learned as I went and and slowly learned. But I always operated on this principle of I'm pretty sure what she needs is me is me to prove to her that I'm not going to reject her. There's so many things she keeps trying to push me into a space of rejection of her and i'm just not going to do it i'm 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 just not going to give in she tries she's trying to provoke me to reject her she she keeps accusing me of rejecting her and i'm pretty sure i'm not supposed to give into that you know i i don't i didn't have the language i do today you know i didn't have the understanding of corrective experiences and schemas and i just somehow but I'm pretty sure I didn't have a very refined understanding or precise understanding. I just had a rough guess that, that it was the right thing to do, you know? And it was such an intense relationship. And for so many years that I learned so much from her. Mm. I mean, do you remember me talking about her back in the day? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you would. Cause, and yeah. maybe you helped me actually maybe you must have been so. part of it you must have been part of it uh i don't think he consulted with me beyond mentioning a time well, or two what what would i say do you remember things that i would say say about her no actually i don't remember anything specific uh except that 
she was angry with you. Um, what was my attitude? I don't. Oh yeah, you're pretty. You know, like accepting of that. Okay, I wasn't yeah. like Ugh, I hate her. No, you never said anything like that. Okay, I mean, you might have had feelings like that. It's hard, but you know, having a feeling isn't necessarily indicative of a lasting attitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny as we were talking about. It, I was like, oh, I bet you I talked to. Bob. Yeah, I did talk with Bob about her. I never said her name. My my memory is crap lately. So, well. I beg to differ, Bob. You have your mind is a trap. I mean, you remember every any everything that I think you might remember. You do remember and more about because we're talking about 1997 right now. We're talking yeah. about during Bill Clinton's like before Monica Lewinsky. We're talking, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so this is a long time ago, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you still remember it. Um, and we were you know, probably drinking at the time, probably <laughs> destroying brain cells that were <laughs> actively trying to hold on to these things. And you, you remember it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, patron, I, I, I hope you continue to try. Yeah. And look for someone that you know, at, screen them first, you know, make sure that they mm. know what they're getting into and it, make sure that they prove to you prior to you engaging that, they likely have an attitude of understanding your issue. You know, like one very concise question you can ask is like, my past six therapists have fired me, I think. And not because I wanted to sue them or anything, you know, or hurt them in any way. They just didn't, they, something was going on with me and my personality that was triggering them or something. And I want to work with someone that will work with me on that. That when I, whatever I am doing emotionally <laughs> to these other therapists, I would, I want the therapist to actually like work with me. You don't have to deal with it, but you know, help me, help me <laughs> with it. What would you do? You know, and if a therapist is just like, huh? Or, well, maybe you should be with it. Or, well, I have, I have a, a sort of set of ground rules that you're supposed to follow. If they say something like that, you know, move on. But if they say something like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, within reason, but I understand that if you've been relationally traumatized, you're going to have some reactivity in session. And, and yeah, I, that's what I do. And I'll work with you on that. We'll talk about it. And if, you know, there's a concern, I'll, I'll talk with you, but it, but I'm not likely to fire you because, you know, so you'd have a conversation and because you deserve that patron. I mean, of all the people on the planet, you deserve a therapist that gets it. Hey, deserving listeners, just chiming in here. The rest of this episode is just for patrons of the podcast. So if you want to hear the rest of this episode with me and Bob, you have to become a patron. We get into some personal things, some areas that we've never been before. I think, I mean, it's not hugely, personal, but it's personal enough that I usually think later on, "Eh, I think I should probably limit this a little bit and not put it out to everyone on the planet. So if you want to listen to the rest of this episode, become a patron of the podcast, and then you get access to this episode along with hundreds of other episodes, which which are arguably our best episodes. And everyone out there, take care of yourself because you deserve it. You really, really do. 
Hey, Deserving Listeners, as you all know, I am constantly recommending that people go to therapy. We all need therapy from time to time. Well, one of the options available that is definitely worth checking out is BetterHelp. If you're looking for a therapist, I would give it a try by going to betterhelp.com slash Kirk. Make sure you use the promo code Kirk because you get 10% off your first month and it really helps us out. As you watch these videos, I know many of you have been motivated to find your own therapist, which is great because you deserve it. And I know also that it can be hard to find a good fit, find the right one for you. Well, one of the options available in terms of your shopping is to go to betterhelp.com slash Kirk. I've been told you can start communicating with your therapist in under 24 hours. You can message your counselor at any time. Plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. I've also been told that it's often less expensive than in-person therapy, and you should know that this service is available to clients worldwide. So go to betterhelp.com slash Kirk to get 10% off your first month today. It's true that some things change as we get older, but if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.